Hey, everybody. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are really glad that you're joining us today. Absolutely. And uh, just thank you for uh, listening, whether you're a first-time listener or have come back for another one of our episodes. We are very appreciative of you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we appreciate the feedback, the encouragement that you give us. And, uh, you know, we are hopeful that we are bringing hope. And uh, that's our purpose and our mission of this podcast is to share hope that's and encouragement. Right. So. That's right. Thanks for being a part of this. Thanks for being mm. part of this community. Mm-hmm. So we've been off for a little about a week or two. Stacy and I have been just kind of traveling. traveling totally different directions. Being <laughs> busy. We have been with family. We have new family members to go greet mm-hmm. and lots of exciting things happening. At the same time, it's spring and yes. it's, you know, we've been on this yo-yo where it's, it's spring and then winter and then spring and then winter. Mm-hmm. And maybe here in Oklahoma where we, where we live in our court, we are finally getting into spring, although I guess today it's been like 80 and tomorrow it's supposed to be 55. So Yeah, but I'll take it because it's not dark at like 4. Yes, it's light. So I'm good. It's light outside <laughs> even still, and we're recording this in the evening. So That's we're right. loving that mm-hmm. and uh, loving more light. And I think, you know, we talked about that. That has an impact on mental health in a lot of ways. I know yeah. you feel that, Stacy. Most so, definitely. So uh, we're glad we're getting out of the winter. And, and you know, so many times Easter is kind of in our culture becomes the celebration of, of spring, mm-hmm. but really it, obviously it's about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we yeah. celebrate that. We celebrate all he's done for us. We remember his sacrifice for us. But I remember reading an author and it talked about, you know, God gives us a picture every year of the resurrection as new life comes again. And mm-hmm. it's like, how do we sometimes miss the reality of God's incredible promise to raise us up and to raise up, you know, this earth into a new heavens and a new earth one day. So I think as we celebrate Easter, it's so much more than just celebrating spring, but we do see in it evidence and, and examples of the resurrection and what new life looks like. So yeah. we're excited for that. Easter's coming up. I hope for all of our listeners that you have a great place to celebrate that. And um, we'll be talking more about it. I'm sure on our podcast, but uh Really do just want to uh, make sure that focus is here for us over these next few weeks. Yeah. So what did we spend yesterday doing? What did we spend our time doing? Working in the yard. Yes. And uh, trying to spruce it up a little bit. So it's yeah. been, you know, the only bad thing at this time of year besides allergies, which can pop up certainly, is that the weeds like to grow more than the flowers and the grass, at least mm-hmm. in my yard. So that's something that we're always battling and uh, feels like a constant battle. Well, but- for those of you who are new to listening, let's call it what it is. The yard is my husband's baby. And so uh, he he loves it. And I love that he loves it because it makes him so happy. <laughs> it's happy, Doug. And so he was out there yesterday working, and he has been for a few weeks when the weather's permitted. And I was working in the garage a little bit, um, looking at some stuff that I need to speak at a conference coming up. And so it was just a fun day to be outside and not have to wear a coat. Definitely, <laughs> so. definitely. Well, um, interesting about this episode. We have had this outline together for several weeks. Yes. And just our schedules, but then also, um, I guess just a variety of things have made it harder, it seems, to get mm-hmm. this episode recorded. From just some kind of starts and stops to where we just felt like we we're kind of just, you know, out of gear almost and trying to record it. Too, I know, Stacy, it's been hard because you haven't felt well yeah. in, in a lot of different things and some of the health battles you're facing. So um, mm-hmm. it's not easy. 
but we we have hope and that gives us the the drive and the desire to share this and we have hope that um the battles that we face the illnesses you fight stacy the you know satan's best efforts to not want that hope shared um don't have to hold us down and don't have to uh prevent this so yeah and if you're somebody who you know, has dealt with any type of seasonal thing or any type of even lifelong struggle, you know that when you pour into other people, when you don't really feel very good or feel like it, that it always ends up blessing you even more. It almost makes me feel like, wow, um, God, thank you so much for your faithfulness and always helping me to be able to feel so much better after I talk about you, God, because you remind me in those times of how faithful and sovereign and that you are. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to go for it today yeah. and, and get this out to you because we know without a doubt that some of this has um, probably been on your heart, your mind, your questions, just different things like that. So let's hit it. So we're going to be talking about what does it look like and just how does it play out to live in recovery from particularly mental health, mental illness battles. Mm-hmm at the same time following Christ, striving to follow Christ. Yes. And I think, you know, things are definitely changing, but but for a long time, those two things were a bit disconnected because I think for many years, people often viewed mental illness as reflecting some sort of a spiritual deficiency mm-hmm. and really requiring a spiritual solution. So there was almost this assumption that if someone was struggling with mental illness, something must be wrong in their relationship with God, their relationship with Jesus, and that's for that. Okay, so that's where we tackle. That's that's where we jump in and, and try to solve the problem. But really, that's that's missing how this is a, is a true illness. And mm-hmm. I I think oftentimes, and we've talked about this, Stacey. You know, the beginnings really of us sharing our story, your story, was several years ago. And we, you know, we just hit that place. We said, you know, so often telling your story, telling your testimony as we learned it growing up was always about, well, I had this problem. I engaged Christ in my life. He, he came into my life. I have a relationship with him and here's how my life has been so much better since then. But I said, the reality of the, of, of the story is that, you know, yes, you are a Christ follower. You're striving to follow him, but at the yes. same time struggling with this illness continuing and we said, you know, some you know, we wouldn't expect someone else battling another type of illness, whatever it might be. We don't want to get into comparing illnesses. And no. That's a no-win game. We never want to do that. What's better or worse? But at the same time, people would say, you can testify. You can tell of God's goodness and God's grace and God's power and strength and all those incredible things in the midst of your battle. But it seemed like with mental illness, oftentimes, well, you couldn't speak that story because something must be wrong that spiritually it's leading you to fight mental illness. And so really part of our motivation was to say we're walking this journey and certainly this illness impacts our spiritual lives, our relationship with Jesus. Yes. But at the same time, we want to basically just talk about and give when we say give glory to God, just put attention on God to say this is how good God has been, how good he is, and here's his grace, his mercy, his love and his power that carries us through that. And, you know, Stacy, for you, we recognize that for some that walk this road, that God's healing has not, you know, God's healing comes faster, that there is healing. We recognize that. We're not trying to diminish that power. Right. 
But, you know, we go back to that, that passage of Scripture often in uh, 2 Corinthians where the Apostle Paul, you know, talks and he just openly says, we don't know exactly what the problem was. But he says, I had this thorn in my flesh, something that was plaguing him. It could have been a physical mm-hmm. health issue of some nature. Mm-hmm. He said, he, went, he said, I prayed to God and begged God basically to take this away from me. Mm-hmm. And God's answer to that prayer was no. But the response was, my grace is sufficient for you. Right. And we hang on to that because it means so much to us. And I think that, yes, we're pursuing healing. We're pursuing wholeness. We're pursuing all those things. But at the same time, we see how God is using this. Mm-hmm. You can get to a deep, dark hole if you try to say, well, why is God making me suffer just for the benefit of somebody else? But the truth is, even in the midst of our suffering, we can be drawn close to God and God can use our pain, our story to impact others. And there's purpose in that. And we see that and we see several things. We see God getting, we say the word glory, getting attention, getting recognition, because it's not, oh, look at us. We're somehow beating this thing. Mm. It's look at what God is carrying us through. And so I think God is accomplishing something as we walk this out. And as it's a long road, and not a short road, but um, there is there is power in that. And so that's kind of a long intro, I know, but we want to talk through that. And I have actually some questions that I've prepared to ask Stacy, and Stacy's had a chance to think about these some. Because so many people, I think, struggle with this. What does it look like to try to live out my relationship with Jesus and battle this illness and somehow at the same time hold on to that? And not feel like God has abandoned me, to not feel rejected by those maybe that are in my my community because of this struggle. So all that to say, Stacy, let me just jump in by asking you this question. Sure. When we think about, you know, just what this is like to live in mental illness recovery, but also to strive to follow Jesus, just what are some of the hardest things about that that you have to deal with? Sure. My answer, I feel like, is twofold. I tried to kind of hone it into one one answer, but really what I feel like is that when you go through something that is chronic and that you, you've dealt with it for years and years, um, it affects everybody around you. And so you don't get to pick who it affects. And so unfortunately, and yet I will add fortunately, and you'll see why in just a second, it's really been um, a big deal for me and our relationship with our kids. And That all ties into the fact that now that they're grown women, um, all the things that they've gone through, all the things that they go through as a result of their having a mom who was not well, um, and the things that we're talking about most specifically are eating disorder, I have anorexia, and then uh, anxiety, um, depression, my mind does not feel um, have any serotonin anymore, so I take medicine for that to be added to my mind, which is very helpful. I know everyone around me agrees. So, um, but the thing that I see the most with our sweet girls is that it has been their whole lives that I have struggled with mental illness, um, unfortunately, and yet fortunately, let me tell you why. I know early on when the girls were growing up, I could see 
that they were seeing, yes, my mom is here and she loves me and she wants to be with me. And I have many, many memories of, of rocking the girls and being there for them in different ways. But honestly, a lot of times I do remember being a shell in their lives. But I so badly um, have fought and wanted to be more. And the grace that God has given them for me and the mercy that's God, that God has given them for me instead of anger and resentment is honestly beautiful. It's not perfect, but it is an amazing thing to watch. Um, I just got to go to Dallas last weekend and see my girls, see our girls, and I always come home with a full cup. So um, when I get to see them and see how God is working in their lives, I know that God is an active God in helping us with stereotypes, with things that hurt us. The difficulty has also been in another area, the friends and church family and community that's been around us early on were really scared, I think, and we were too. And so I think largely in the church and in um, places that we would go with our community, People were confused, misunderstood. And so while our goal, even to this day, is not to convince somebody that I struggle with these different areas and issues of mental illness, but to educate them on this is why, this is what it looks like, so that that way you know how to stay in somebody's life. And so with anorexia and depression, people have said some pretty pretty harsh things um, that uh, didn't really motivate me, um, but rather added yet, um, in, for lack of a better way to say it, another layer for me to crawl out from under with our kids and with our community, with uh, Christian friends, with friends who have not yet um, wanted to accept Jesus for whatever reason. Um, one of the coolest things that's happening, no matter what, is they are getting to witness the fact that God is active in our lives. And um Sometimes that's not just seeing how I, with how I feel. Cause like, like you mentioned, Doug, lately, I just, I haven't felt well. And, um, so they see that, but people are always watching to see how people handle things also. And so while I make a big, big mess of things, sometimes God still comes along and says, Stacy, I'm going to make uh, myself known in this situation still and love on you, love on those around you. And, uh, just let you know that our relationship is sustained in your recovery, even even in the missteps and in the things when I'm falling down and it's hard for me to get up. He is still present and healing. Yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, in reality, we all, everyone has messes. And I think sometimes we think, well, this is just a mess. How can God use this mess? And I think that that's where, Surrendered to him when we're allowing him to work in our lives and speak through our lives. It's not perfection. It right. doesn't have to look like perfection. A lot of times when we try to make it look like perfection is when people can't connect because they're like, my life's not perfect. So how can I connect with that person? So mm-hmm. I think there's some really, um, you know, just realities in there, Stacy, that you face, but also you know, I go back to that. It's a great quote I've heard many times before, but it says, you know, you know, we often try to impress others with our strengths and those things that are all like good about us. And those are mm-hmm. the things I'm guilty of it, right? We put on social media and we want everybody to see and look at, but we really connect with others through our weaknesses. Yeah. 
And I think, Stacy, people can connect with you and your story because you've been vulnerable to share, hey, there are ups and downs and here's how it's hard. Just, mm-hmm. just here's how it's hard even to live my life as a Christian and, and strive to love Jesus and follow Jesus while battling something that can be so difficult in your mind. You know, Stacy, one of the things I wanted to ask you and talk about is how the Bible highlights the fruit of a life rooted in Christ is having is having things such as peace and joy. Mm-hmm. But those are things that mental illnesses like anxiety and depression can 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 just rob a person of, and they strike right at the heart of those things. So, where do you experience joy and peace in your life? even in spite of the mental illness battle? Sure. Well, one of the things is, is that um, I think I'm just kind of wired to naturally have more joy. Um, I have always been a glass half full person. And uh, even as a child, um, I can just remember um, just always kind of having a frolic about my walk. And so um, I usually was just told, you know, or asked, why are you so happy? Why is this, this? And it was never a fake thing. I think I just always really loved to be around people. I loved school. I loved church. And I just love to be with my friends and family. But peace, on the other hand, is a whole nother thing for me, uh, which is where it comes into play that I have to ask God for that. And I do ask him for joy because even in the midst of depression, I do feel like that God does usher in his joy and he does say, Stacy, you know, focus on me. Look at me. Notice what I'm doing in your life. Notice what I'm doing in other people's lives. Let's not stay stuck. Um, but the peace thing, oh, my heart just races sometimes. And if you're listening and you know what that feels like, even if you don't per se struggle with anxiety or different uh, nervousness, nervousness or anything like that. Um, Peace for me, I can remember struggling with that even as a kid who was like in first and second grade. Yeah. So that's been something I've had to practice. A lot of these things are muscles that we have to work on. We have to really work on them just like we would muscles in a gym. Uh, we have to practice these things so that that way when we need them, they are strong and ready. And so one of the main ways that I do get peace and joy is by an action. I have to actually step outside of what I'm currently doing and sit down and read the Bible and take it in as it truly, as truly believing the promises and the truth and the salvation are for me too. And for a long time, I didn't do that. And I write about this in my book. I give some really specific examples of this and illustrations of this. But rarely do I read God's word, God's word and not cry. I know that you're probably like, well, that's weird. But um, well, let me jump in, Stacey. One of the things that, that, you, that you were saying and you've mm-hmm. often thought is like, this is for everybody else, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Probably because of the depression and just some of the things going on that you're really struggling with in your mind. It's like, how could God mean this for me? I can see it for everybody else. I can't see it for me. So a major transformation over these last handful of years has been you really seeing and, and, and getting that where it's for you, just mm-hmm. like it is for everybody else. But I think it's yeah. like you said, it's a discipline mm-hmm. that you have to practice. It's a muscle you have to practice and not just 
oh, it just comes naturally to you that, that this is how God feels about me. No, and I do think that, you know, with the joy, and I, I referred to this a minute ago, um, and I think it's just very important for us to know that kids are just so, so um, wired to to be joyful, I feel like, a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I, I do not talk a lot and frequently about growing up in my childhood and everything. But I do remember, and I do feel comfortable saying this, that I do remember with there being such a heaviness in my home, that often that joy that I would run in the house in order to report about my day and tell about um, something that had gone well, um, a cute guy noticed, or, you know, just actually being able to lock, open my locker, you know, the little things, but uh, being shut down. Um, and you know, maybe, you know what that feels like, or maybe you're the one who's consistently shutting that person down that, that affects people over time. And so I just kind of stopped talking Yeah. and I know that's hard to imagine with me speaking and podcasting and different things like that. But that's one reason why we call it speak out loud is because I didn't for so long. And a uh, matter of fact, I had trouble even verbalizing anything. Well, and you let your, you were letting your anorexia particularly yes. speak for you. I absolutely was. And so, you know, um, I just feel like that the, the joy is something that was just kind of ingrained in me and that I was like that. And, um, and then when I got shut down time and time again, I'm sure it wasn't purposefully, but um, I just kind of lost it. For a while, so both of these things are things that I really um, need to realize that God, when I read His Word and when I am emotional when I read His Word, that God meets me right where I am and loves on me and um, with all of my suffering and my struggling and my faults, and He has a plan for me still. And all I need to do is obey Him. That really puts things kind of into a kind of into a, a funnel it for me so that that way I don't have all these options out here. I'm just going, you know what, God, in order for me to have peace and joy in the midst of a screaming mind, in the midst of knowing I'm going to need to eat all day and I'm not so not hungry, I can go to you and you'll meet me right where I am and you can give me these things. You know why? Because I'm asking you for them and because I believe that you will give them to me. Yeah. Well, let's talk, Stacy, about we've we've been talking about it some already, but let's let's talk about God's love and God's mm-hmm. love for us. It, and I think that it's so important for someone that's struggling with mental illness, for all of us, for any of us, no matter what our struggle, but particularly those struggling with mental illness. I know feeling love, mm-hmm. feeling lovable. Yeah can be very challenging. And I think that a lot of times it's because mental illness can feel like rejection. It, it, you know, we've talked about before. I think one of the, the most, uh, if you use this word, dastardly things about, about uh, mental illness is that it pushes a person to isolate. Yeah. The lie it's telling you is that you're better off if you isolate yourself and get away from other people mm-hmm. than to be with other people. And I get it. There are boundaries there are situations we, we understand that there are situations Safety. that for some of you that that you do need to set boundaries and and there are toxic people that are contributing negatively to your mental health. So it's not that, but just 
you know, the pandemic has revealed it, right? Mental health, mental illness skyrocketed in large part because of the anxiety and the isolation combined together of these last several years. So we know there's a real, you know, power to that. And so I think that um, those things oftentimes, you know, if we are alone, that it kind of converts in our minds to really struggling to understand love. But I think it's such an important truth that that you've had discovered. And and we have to remind each other of this. We have to remind each other to walk in this consistently is that God has not rejected those in struggle. God has not rejected those who struggle. Right. So let me ask you this, Stace. How, and it's kind of several questions here into one. Oh, no. And and we'll come back to them (laughs) if we need to. How have you felt and experienced the love of God? That's the first part of this. And then two, how have you grown in understanding and receiving God's love? Mm-hmm. And the final part of that is um, when or how is it still hard to understand and accept God's love in your life? Yeah. I think one of the main things that I want to emphasize with this with this thought is that there is no one in our earthly lives that can mimic Jesus. And that really took me a long time. There are people who have healthy relationships with their parents, and there are people who don't have healthy relationships with your parents. I'm, um, I've had an ebb and flow of both of those, and um, I want, I really had to do this. I had to separate myself, and I had to say, you know what? No matter how great anyone is to me on this earth, meaning you, Doug, and and so many people, but you, and no matter how difficult someone can be in my life, that there is still no one that I can compare really Jesus to. Now they can treat me well. They can be unconditional and different things like that. But in my situation, I needed to go. Jesus is not like my family, my my earthly father. And that is, again, not to hurt my dad. Um, he is in the final stages of Alzheimer's and it is very, very difficult Um, He doesn't remember, and I do. And so I'm walking that road right now. I'm walking that road because my desire is to love wholly. Mm -hmm. And that's what what I do. But I also, by the same token, um, know when I'm not being anymore. And so what I had to do was just go, you know what, God, you and I are going to have to have a separate kind of relationship, and you're going to need to please show me what that needs to look like in a healthy way. Because if I go off of memories, it's not going to work out. And so that's what he's been doing. He's been saying, Stacy, I am, I have provided an earthly father for you. And I love my father. I really, I love my dad. Yeah, I know you do. But what I needed to do is just go, you know what? I'm going to have a separate relationship that looks very different with my heavenly father. And that's when things have begun to change in my life. And you may be listening and you may go, you know what? I'm sorry, but I have an awesome relationship with my dad. Really what it's about is, is how that kind of um, passes down into what you visualize God to be in your life and Jesus to be in your life. And in my life, I had to work over some obstacles and I still do in order for that purity of God's love to come out with no games and no strings attached. And he has pure motives. There's no game involved. And I still struggle with that, but I ask for his help in it every day. I thank him for my story. I thank him for my parents, my biological parents, 
and I thank him that he can be my heavenly father because of this. God's love in my life is now this. He died on a cruel cross for me and for you. If you were the only person, literally the only person on earth, his death and resurrection would not have been in vain. He loved me when I was a little red-headed, freckle-faced, quirky little girl who was often very scared and nervous on the inside. So I acted out on the outside to get attention, to not be forgotten about, but often that attention turned negative. And he pulled me in and he said, you know what? I know, I know, Stacy. I know what you've seen and I know what you've heard and I know what you've experienced, but I died for you. Um, and again, I wrote about this in my book and uh, I would encourage you to go on and read more about that. But also I have asked God for mercy and compassion for those who have rejected me out of lack of understanding and or judgment, because that's what God's love does. I cannot walk around carrying around all the bitterness and hurt that might've been put on me because I know I've hurt people too. I'm not absent of that. So part of that love is me saying, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. But you did that for that person over there too that really, really slammed me. <laughs> yeah. And so help me to love them too. Because if you've ever known a, a depressed anorexic that's bitter, it's probably not somebody that you want to hang out with. So I can do better. And I can do better because of Jesus and because of what he's done for me. It drives me to not prove myself as worthy of their time or friendship or value, but to educate and to live out my story honestly. And that's what I want to do. And, you know, I really feel like a lot of times people say, Stacy, what do you do with comments on social media when people put things out there that are pretty tough to take and they aren't maybe Christians that will say these things and they're very, they can be harsh or judgmental just as they can be loving and wonderful. And my answer to that is I've just got to stay focused on what God's called me to do. He called us to do, um, to walk out our story, um, to be faithful to him and that just as he's been faithful to us as little as I can remember being, you know, five and six years old and, and asking God to help me, just, just saying his name to help me. One of the final things I want to say about God's love is I have huge abandonment issues. I've felt for so many years, and Doug, you totally proved me wrong on this, and I'm so thankful, but I felt leavable. <laughs> um, if you were left at formative years, maybe, or if you've been left in a marriage, if you've been left in um, by parents, whatever, you've would any experienced kind of any kind of a relationship yeah. like that, it's devastating. And when it happens even once, but if it happens a few times, you start to kind of go, okay, I'm getting the picture here. Um, I'm not worth them staying. And thankfully, not only does my husband stay so beautifully, and not only does he stay, he loves me so well, but God never leaves ever. And he has been with me on the bathroom floor as I've held a cutting tool. And he's been with me as I shake with anxiety. He's with me every single meal and he's actively wrapping me up in his arms because I need that. Maybe you don't, but he will meet you wherever you need to be met. I've pushed him away so hard for so long and I just finally got tired. I was just like, why am I pushing him away? The one 
person who knows the most pure love and can love me knowing every single thing, every single thing about me. Why am I saying no to this? Now, step by step, I'm asking him to help me say yes to this way, his will and his plan for me. And it's not easy. I can stay sheltered in my office. I can do things um, on my own, even though I'm very social. And so he's called me out of those places in order to love on people, no matter where I go that day, no matter what he has the day look like. I still really struggle with Jesus being my first go-to. And um, I'm working on it. I'm seeing that it's it's just the way it is, people, <laughs> I guess, for lack of a better way to say it. The mental illness can wear people out around you. And I pray for them so much. I pray for everybody who God has let me be in their life and let them be in my life. Um, but. I can sometimes go, you know what, I'm going to pick up the my phone and text somebody or I'm going to um, ask somebody to go for a walk or I'm going to do this or that. And sometimes God's like, Stacy, choose me. Choose me to come and sit with you. I put people in your path and they're going to be right here. Everything's going to be OK, but choose me and I'll put I, it's going to be OK. And that's not my first go-to in my mind. And I'm so thankful that he's teaching me about that. I can still have issues with trusting him, even though he's never betrayed me. But I'm on a journey, and it's an honest path, and I'll, I'll get there. I think, Stacey, it's so honest that that's it's helpful to me. It's helpful to everybody listening, because I think that encapsulates probably all of our experiences in different ways with God's love, right? We don't. If we could fully understand how immense and great and incredible it was and is for us, none of us would struggle with whatever we struggle with, at least near the capacity we have that struggle. Sure. So, so I think for every one of us, we wrestle with that. Several things I was thinking of as you shared. One is is just as is maybe some some difficult examples and relationships kind of skewed a view. And, and, and broke something and how you look at that for many years. Mm -hmm. In the same way, um, we often feel God's love through other people. That's right. Other people, you know, we can, we can read about it in the Bible. We can hear about it through a sermon or a message or a podcast or whatever it may be. But oftentimes it becomes real to us when, when we feel it through others. We mm -hmm. feel God's love as other people, other people love us. Yeah. But at the same time, we can realize God's love is growing inside of us. Just as you said, when we when we love others, when we love others to greater capacity, um, that's not natural. It's not like just naturally we can work that up inside of us somehow and and be better. You know, what we say love, meaning particularly like agape kind of love that Jesus had. That's that's others focused, that's service driven, that puts others' needs above our own. Those kind of things don't come naturally to me. Probably not to most people. And so. I'm, I'm understanding God's love more when I'm sharing that more. That's pouring out of me more. Sure. But two, I think one beautiful thing in your life too, Stacey, is that I know there's been moments where um, it's not been through another person. It's not been through a sermon, through a podcast, through a song. It's literally been in some of your darkest moments where God has just reached out and, and it's all, you've been able to sense it, to hear it, to feel it. Mm -hmm. um, and 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 know it, and he has spoken and delivered his love into your heart. 
Right. And that's made a huge difference. And I think if those listening, that if you're open to that, that, that certainly God will share that, not just through others, but he'll share that directly with you as well. Sure. And it's not like, and I know Doug doesn't mean this anyway, but it's not like I've heard this audible voice sure. come down and, or anything like that. I'm not dreading heaven to where I can sit with Jesus and him talk to me audibly. Um, I, I'm not dreading heaven, but I do know this, that um, sometimes I can just be in a really, really difficult place. And it's almost like I can just feel um, that peace and joy that we're talking about when yeah. I probably shouldn't Yeah. or in the past couldn't, I wouldn't let that in. Yeah. And uh, so well, here's here. And here's where um, I think that reality comes in. Is where you know it's it's that it's the verse in early part of John, where it uh, it says that uh, you know Jesus is the light of the world, yeah. and the darkness has not overcome that light. Mm -hmm. And I think that and where I see that so powerfully in your life, Stacy, is where when the depression, when the anxiety, when when some of these challenges can really create a very loud. And, and you describe it this way: a very loud, negative voice in your brain, yeah, screaming. Then in those in some of those deepest, darkest moments, there's been times when God delivered his love to you through another person. Yeah. You know, the, the you are worth saving story of how that whole story, that whole message came apart was through our, your friend, Debbie. Yeah. Um, but there's also been moments where you've been in a desperate state and God's light was able to break through. Mm -hmm. the, that those dark thoughts mm -hmm. and and it was his love shining into your heart and, and, and generating life where there was no life and and he's he's done that in your life yeah. and, and that's a truth I think we can't under communicate which is that as dark as things may be you know the promise of God is that you know, the light of Jesus overcomes that darkness and I truly yeah. believe, that's the darkness of sin. It's the darkness of the world. It's the darkness of evil, but it's also the darkness of mental illness. That's right. And I and I think that's been so central in our life. Mm -hmm. Stacy, um, you know, we, we said earlier as we got into the introduction that um, you know, mental illness is is not necessarily just solved by spiritual solutions. And when I say that, I'm really meaning for a lot of times, and maybe you've heard this before, you know, if we just assume it's a spiritual condition, then the answer has always been like, I would kind of call it the, well, just do more, just do something more, read your Bible more, pray more, attend church more, be in a small group more, whatever it may be, just do it more. And somehow that's going to relieve the mental illness battle. But we do recognize there's healing. We recognize that happens. But also at the same time, that while you're seeking medical help, you're seeking therapy, you're, you're working a therapy program, you're fully engaged in that from medicine to working with a nutritionist to working with a therapist, all those different things. We also recognize that your relationship with Jesus does impact your mental illness recovery. And there's hope in that when times might seem hopeless. Yeah. And so, just how how have you seen your relationship with Jesus impact your mental illness recovery? Sure. I think one of the main things is, is that I picture in my mind, I'm a very visual, concrete, not abstract, very easily person, thinker. And 
just a picture that I have in my mind that is just Jesus holding a banner. And he's saying, I'm here. I'm here. And for so long, I feel like he had to chase me with that banner of I'm here. And now it seems like I, because we've been on this journey for so long, sometimes I don't have the energy to run as far. And I'm thankful for that. Um, But also it's so sweet because I do sit down faster now, it seems like, and just go, God, we have been down this road many, many times before. Maybe this time I will actually react different. And like I stated a few minutes ago, ask you for help first and see what that looks like. It doesn't mean I will be sitting in the floor alone, but just giving that to him. But the banner situation for me is just really helpful just to know that God is relentlessly seeking after me and I can choose him. There is no barrier. There is no wall. There's no me breaking him. And there have been times where I would stake my life on the fact that I have just about broken people because this is such a difficult, long, mean journey sometimes, or it has been in my life. Um, I know people in my life whose journeys have been a lot shorter um, and everything, but again, not comparing that and just knowing that God is seeking after me and that I can choose him because he is a God of not wasting one bit of our suffering. And uh, one thing that I can remember uh, when I was growing up, somebody saying is that every tear that you shed, God, God sees it. He, yeah. he knows it. And there's um, just a beauty in that because uh, so many times when we cry, we just wipe away our tears as fast as we can. I know I do. But sometimes if I'm by myself and it's just Jesus and I, I can just let the tears flow. And it just feels um, almost like um, renewing. And, uh, and I'm grateful for those tears sometimes because it just reminds me that he's got me. And when I can express those emotions and not cut or not, um, get to the point of wanting to take my life or make poor other poor decisions, that's a win. Um, something I want to remind you that I stated a minute ago is that with God, no matter what's going on in your mind, he is not trying to fool you. He's not trying to play a game. And I sometimes will catch myself texting a friend and say, I I know I should know the answer here. I know I should know the answer to this game, but I'm not winning. And if you know the answer to this game, would you please tell me, please tell me what the answer is so that I can know what to do. That's how ingrained that kind of pathway is in my mind. It's it's there. It's there just as Doug is bald. (laughs) But I'll tell you, I have to fight that. I have to really fight that and know that there are people in my life that God has carefully placed around me. And hopefully I've been carefully placed around somebody else's lives, some of some of others' lives, but that they do not have an ulterior motive to hurt me. Everyone is not out to get you. Everyone is not out to get me. And the thing is, is when we look at God, we can help get that perspective contrary to what our minds might scream about him and about others and about the closest of relationships. He gives me permission to seek counsel and get the medical help I need weekly, but he is not threatened by this. He created those people to have that kind of mind in order to help people like me. 
and he provides it through those that he's gifted with helping specific mental illnesses. It's actually quite amazing and beautiful to watch how he's done things and orchestrated things. Yeah. You know, Stacey, we've, we've talked about this before. We, we talk about hope. We want our podcast to be about hope. We need hope in our lives. Yeah. And I think that's where, um, that's where our relationship from. with Jesus is, is, our, is a source of hope. Because I think, you know, when, when we use the word hope, have, I hope for something to happen. I hope that, that this good thing happens in my life. I hope that, uh, you know, I hope for my vacation later this year. I hope for whatever it may be. Those things can all keep us going. But in the end, if we don't have a hope that's permanent, hope will someday run out. Yeah. And, and I've thought about that with, with mental illness. It's almost like this fear of like somewhere that road ends. And, and everything I try to put on that road to give me hope, it's going to end. It's going to come to a, it's going to come to a stopping point. It's going to run out of gas. The only thing that won't is what's permanent. And that is that I can hope in Jesus in a faith that, that this life is not all there is, right? That, right. That whatever happens to you, to us in this lifetime, it's not the end. It's truly just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think we have that hope in eternity. And anytime any kind of suffering produces the question why, no matter right. what your suffering is, no matter right. what it is, we the, the very first thing we cry out is, God, why? And the assumption could be, God, you're against me. God, you hate me. God, you've abandoned me. But the reality is, is that God has done none of those things. God has stepped into the middle of that suffering and he is present and he is there and he's walking it with you. Mm-hmm. And, and he's saying, I'm going to jump into it with you and I'm going to provide for a future, permanent future without it, without yeah. the suffering. And I think for us, Stacy, that's where um, our relationship with Jesus one, it impacts recovery, it impacts the journey, it impacts the story, is that uh, you know, we have to keep sight of the fact that God is in the middle of it with us. Right. Even if this, is, this lasts for the rest of our earthly days, God is in the middle of this with us, but he's also promised you, and I, I get choked up thinking about this, he's promised you a future, an eternal future without this. Yeah. And, and you know, the Bible says that, in the in the that kind of a big picture, these light and momentary struggles, and I don't these don't feel light and momentary at all to you, and I get it, or to us as a couple. But in the in his big picture of eternity, these light and momentary struggles are are one day going to be such a blip on a radar mm-hmm. that they don't. It's something probably we won't even remember. Yeah. And, so that's how, and that's how beautiful is that, that the pain will be so distant and so far past and we'll be so free of it and you'll be so free of it that we won't even remember it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the promise and the hope that every one of us can hold on to through hope in Jesus. To me, every every other hope, like I said, it runs out of gas. It comes to an end. It comes to an end. This is the one hope that doesn't come to an end. And I know for us, at least, as we walk this road, that's what we have to cling to. Yeah. That's what we hold on to. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't. can't imagine I've had it for so long. I don't even, I honestly can't even imagine, but that's how great it's going to be, I'm sure. Yeah. Stacy, as, as we begin to come to a close on this discussion, 
you know, one of the things that I think is so powerful out of this, it, it, it gives you purpose, it gives hope, but is that God has, you know, in the midst of your story, in the midst of the struggle, given you opportunities to connect with others who share maybe a similar struggle. And in the midst of that, share the love and the hope of Christ with them. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I think if someone's gone through or is going through something like you've gone through or something similar, maybe even there's a purpose, there's a credibility there. I think that, that people will connect to and, sure. and, 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 you know, they might not ever listen to me because they're like, Doug doesn't get, you know, they wouldn't know me. They might not, they may think, well, Doug doesn't get my struggle. Right. But if we know someone gets our struggle and they've walked a similar road, immediately, I think in our minds, there's credibility there, right? I'm, I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to connect with them. And, and because I'm not the only one, right. and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one going through this. And mm-hmm. how encouraging in so many ways can that be? Mm-hmm. But just what, how have you seen? So all that to say, how have you seen God use this struggle? To impact others. Sure. I think that's been one of the biggest joys, actually, of this whole journey um, is that God has just taken us by the hand and one step at a time going, gone, you know, if you do this without me, you'll leave quite a wake of mental illness. If you join with me, we will leave quite a wake of people who have hope in me. And so I'm going to choose B. <laughs> I'm going to choose to do that one. Um, even though, like you said earlier, this has been a really hard one to put together um, as far as just being able to sit down at the same time in the same studio and and get it down. We just know that that's just God saying, you know what, please do this one. Um, I want to use it. The main key to God using our stories is to let him. And that can look in a lot of different ways. You may be saying, you know what? I've got quite a story, but I don't want to do this or I don't want to do that. Um, I have people in my life who only want to share their story on, on in a certain way. Yeah. And what I've kind of done is kind of taken the parameters off and just gone, God, what do you want this to look like? Because I don't want to ever say that the audience of one is just not as important as the audience of a thousand. Yeah. I'm not. And God's called me to that. Uh, There have been many seasons where I've sat with one person and we've walked through it. And then there have been times where I've gotten to, to share in front of many, many people. And so it's just me just going, God, you are giving me healing in the midst of sharing. And I appreciate that because <laughs> um, it really helps the sharing um, be even more hopeful for me. I've had the privilege of getting to go back into hospitals that I wouldn't have gotten to go into had I not been a patient there. Yeah. Um, treatment centers, churches, retreats, conferences, homes, coffee shops and bedsides. All of those things have been amazing places to get to share for totally different reasons from each other. But I also have gotten the joy and the privilege of getting to sit and listen. I learned so much from people. I learned so much from what people have to share. The comments that you put out there, um, they go through a little process and then they get to me. And I'm so encouraged by them. And sometimes I'm saddened by them and I reach back out to you either way. (laughs) 
But I feel so free as I get to share the honesty of where I've been and where I feel like God is taking us one one step at a time and uh, and watch the door open as people share with me. Uh, I've asked God to never let me forget something. And sometimes I kind of regret this one, but not really, not really, not really. Um, there, you know, memories that are so important to you, maybe the smells of going into your grandparents' house or um, maybe the sounds that you would hear when you would walk into your house when you were growing up, or maybe it's now. Um, the things, that, the certain candles that you know will smell good or the cooking, the baking and different things like that. Those are pleasant. And at first, when I got to treatment for anorexia at the hospital, um, I was like, wow, this is such a distinct medical smelling place. And I, as I stayed there a little bit longer, I not only got used to it, but it became a safe place for me. And I asked God to help me never forget the sights. And I, I know that means seeing people that I now have grown to love and adore with feeding tubes because now they don't have them anymore. And I know it's been um, the sights of people in the mental hospital with, that are sitting in a corner rocking and not safe to be alone. I've, I've been there. And um, I just really have asked God to please help me not to forget because what happens when I forget? My mercy goes down a little bit. In, in my experience for me, I, mean, I don't I don't know about you, but I don't want my mercy to go down and to ever f- be flippant with someone who might be at a different part on this path. It's just not okay. And so, and with that, sometimes I can really have a lot of very um, concrete memories and uh, the, the desperation that was there, yet the safety it's hard, but when I can truly relate to someone, it's so worth it. It is. It's just so worth it to me. Stacy, I think that the, you know, when you talk about being with the one or being with a group and speaking in front of a group, I think the most impactful thing is the message is the same. And, the, and that message is really God's message, which is the t- story and title of your book. You are worth saving mm-hmm. to that person you are worth saving um, because of what God thinks of you yeah. because of who you are. He's created you. He's made you. He's, he's seeking you out to rescue you and to pull you out of whatever pit you may feel like you're in. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the core of that message. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it, it is just to one mm-hmm. and sometimes it's to many, but it's always the mm-hmm. same power. He's just never dismissive. He is not a dismissive God, um, and there is no um, chart or rating system for what that hurt has to look like in order for him to use it. So just try maybe saying, God, I trust you, and I'm going to take off one little side of the parameter, and I'm going to just say yes to you and just see what you do. Um, he doesn't leave and um, leave you in the midst of a mess. Uh, he goes with you into it, and he takes you out of it. So. And that one person, if, if your story impacts one person, that one that that encounter is just as valuable as anything else. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, if that's if that's maybe all you feel comfortable doing is just sh- opening up and sharing it with one other, mm-hmm. um, that's going to have an impact. Amazing impact. An amazing impact. 
Stacy, thank you for sharing uh, this aspect of your journey, mm-hmm. for being so vulnerable and sharing this. I, I think as we said at the beginning, this was, for whatever reason, this wasn't easy. Like mm-hmm. we, this is our second or third try. <laughs> Instead of doing it in our normal studio, we're actually sitting around our kitchen table tonight recording this. And I think it's just been... You know, it's we, we committed to make it happen, but it wasn't easy to make it happen. And you had to get to this place. So uh, just feeling, you know, this way you've felt and some of the struggles to uh, to commit to record it. But I know this has encouraged me and I know it's encouraged my relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. just, just in talking with you. And I've known many of these things before. And we hope that you listening, this has encouraged you for yes. several perspectives. One, if you if you have. If you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and you have pursued that and you've strived and, and, and your mental health challenge has really been something difficult in the midst of that, to our encouragement to you would be to keep pressing on. Yes, please. To not give up, to know that God has not given up on you. I think mm-hmm. one of the things you said earlier, Stacey, was so incredible, is that you can't break God, right? right. Sometimes we think we're going to do something so bad or be in a, such a worse place that it's going to break God or break the, the it's going to break his ability to get to us. Mm-hmm. And that's just not true. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. And then for those of you listening, maybe that have never um, experienced a relationship with God, like we've talked about, right? you've, you've not been interested for many reasons. Maybe there's pain and there's hurt in your past. Um, maybe you feel like there's been rejection of some nature uh, for whatever reason, you've just not been interested in that or have not pursued it or have not really known even what that looked like to pursue, we would just encourage you to, to consider that. Um, consider learning more about him, inviting him into your life, opening up your heart to him and allowing him to come in and to begin to um, you know, just, just walk with you in the midst of whatever struggle you're going through. Right. I think that's his promise and what he's done and what he will do for you. That's and so right. with that, we we um, we love you as our listeners. Some of you, obviously, we've had a chance to know. Many of you we may have never met personally, but we love you. We care about you. And as our purpose is to share hope and encouragement for those who struggle and for those who love and support them, we want you to feel that encouragement and that hope as we wrap up this episode. Hey, one of the things we would invite you to do if you've not done this yet is to just uh, on any of the social media platforms, on the podcast itself, um, just click to follow or subscribe or whatever, however it works on that platform. And that way um, you can be one notified with new content, new episodes are available. You can you can see and and hear some of the the messaging that messaging that's going out throughout the week. We've got a great new friend that's helping us put um, more social media's content out, even if it's not a podcast release on that day, just with a with vision of just trying to get more out there, and even if it's just a brief message of hope and encouragement. And so you can, you can hear that and see that uh, by subscribing or following or liking, whatever it may be. Um, also, don't forget, we referenced it several times, but Stacy's book, You Are Worth Saving, Letters of Hope from a Desperate Heart is available in several formats. You can purchase it off Amazon and get a hard copy. There's several local bookstores you can find it in around the Oklahoma City and Dallas area. Um, you can also download it on Audible. It's, it's now available. Stacy's the narrator of her own story. Tells it very powerfully. And you can get that uh, on Audible and check that out. So we'd invite you to do that as well. 
Hey, we appreciate you. We are so thankful for you. We can't wait till the next time we get to, to speak and share into your life. And so for now, we are out for the Speak Out Loud podcast. God bless you guys.